of various matters pertaining to the Iron King Mine and Humboldt Smelter Superfund site. Mr. Mayor, uh, I respect the, your desire and the public's desire to have as much conversation as we can in public. We are, however, in the throes of negotiations with the APA with Mr. Hamlet's going to brief you on, and we were hopeful in about in less than 10 minutes we were going to get direction, get positive direction from council so that Jim knew what negotiating points to have with EPA. I was not the reason it took so long. <laughs> Jim is Jim's going to brief you on 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 his on his on the comments and how he's going to take the directions from council to focus on the four elements of, of, the, of, of the summary that we would state. One is that thankfully the general plan steering committee has preserved cooperative language in the general plan that if we can get confidence in what the EPA is going to work with us on, that we can revert to that that. That, that cooperative language to see if we can talk about multiple uses. Secondly, Jim will brief you discussions with the EPA so that they can give you assurances that, you're, that the public will be protected and that there will be access agreements that are suitable for access to private residential properties. Thirdly, in large part, thankfully to Ashley, there will be a, a, a significant public outreach because as, as Ashley's comments demonstrated, public health is the watchword. You as the elected officials are addressing the public health of your community, and there will be third parties, DHS, Yavapai County, and, and, and the U of A, to come and brief your constituents on the need for public health. And fourthly, because we have questions about making sure that the analysis that is done by EPA is accurate, you are going to commission your own consultant to do some study in the, in the property, 40 acres, in which... which Thank you. Is now joining the conference. Brittany's property. So now, Mr. Mayor, I can turn it over to Mr. Hamlet. Okay. EPA. You'll have to. There we go. Can you hear me? I'll try to speak up then. <laughs> okay. Uh, EPA issued a letter on Friday last week uh, to the mayor in response to uh, the concerns that were raised in the public statement uh, last weekend. Perry Nolan is now joining the conference. And in that letter, we might want to... Mr. Mayor, this is now no longer e-session. There was a question about Mr. Nolan participating. He did not participate in e-session. He is listening much like he, any, any private citizen could listen to hear this public part of the, of the meeting. It has nothing, he has no conflict as a, as a citizen to listen to this information. He did not participate in the e-session. Among the things stated in EPA's letter uh, to the mayor, uh, they said they would like to arrange an in-person meeting between EPA, DEQ, and town leadership, which would include not only the town manager but the mayor and perhaps a few members of the town council uh, in order to avoid an open meeting law violation to discuss how best to advance residential cleanup of the site. Um, 
just before walking in this evening at 6.30, I noted an email that came from EPA asking for such a meeting to occur on February 13th the, uh, in Phoenix, probably at DEQ's offices. That uh, email follows the conversation I had earlier this afternoon with EPA's Jeff Daunt and David Kim. David Kim being the regional attorney and Jeff Daunt being the remedial project manager. In that conversation with them, I indicated to them that the Mike, Montgomery, Mike Montgomery's letter of last Friday was a very positive step forward but there were some uh, in the community and on the council who uh, do not think that it was positive and are likely to advocate continued opposition to EPA's residential soil program. Um, I indicated that Mike's call to the mayor within minutes of the phone call that I made last week uh, was hugely helpful. I said it signaled a desire on EPA's part to acknowledge and resolve the town's concerns about EPA's recent communications to Brittany Duncan. I indicated that when Mike and the mayor spoke the following day, uh, the mayor's report of the call was even more encouraging. However, when we received the letter on Friday, while it moved in the direction that was reported to the mayor, I said that letter came up short when compared to our initial understanding of what the letter would say. I said the letter correctly identifies the town's previously stated readiness to support and collaborate with EPA, as evidenced by our expressing support for the proposed remedial action plan, our support for the ROD, our support um, indicated in November 2nd and January 16 meetings where uh, we were talking about our reuse plans that would be supportive of EPA's remedy. I indicated that after the January 16 meeting, um, the, the town council had directed me to uh, express support for EPA's public outreach efforts regarding the initiation of the supplementary residential soil program. I went on to say that the, the town has also has given evidence of its readiness to support and collaborate with EPA on other matters, like the town's development and pursuit of land reuse plans compatible with EPA's rem chosen remedy like the town's desire to implement new zoning and institutional control ordinances supportive of EPA's remedy. And I indicated to EPA this afternoon that um, the town, that the citizens committee reviewing the general plan, um, which is a legal predicate to new zoning ordinances, was reported out of the citizens review committee to the town council last week now and now awaits further action by the council and in that approved adopted by the citizens committee land use plan it was stated that the town is working with epa and deq to develop and implement ordinances regulations and administrative controls that will protect epa's remedy 
I cited all of these examples of collaboration and uh, coordination, but, and then said, unfortunately, these expressions of support and collaboration have had and continue to have some opposition within the community. And I said, uh, such opposition um, has led us to, led the town to table the town's general use plan um, with that statement of support. And furthermore, I said, look to the public statement of January 27, and, in, and you can see that there, is, uh, there was deep concern. I wanted to focus then EPA and uh, them, the attorney and the remedial project manager, on what I characterized as the significant gaps between what we expected and what we got in that letter. And I said there were essentially two things that were gaps between what we expected and what we got. The first, I said, is that there, um, we expected a, a statement of apology and we got a statement of regret. I said there is a difference. Um, it's not merely semantic, but there is a difference. I, I, I said um, further that there was a concern about the mischaracterization of, of the conversation that was had between the EPA representative and uh, Brittany Duncan. I said for those two reasons, um, there, there continues to be uh, concern and, and furthermore, I said to them, I need to know the following. <clears throat> In your letter, I have to give, uh, before I ask the, the question, I asked them, I need to give just a little bit of background. In EPA's letter of last Friday, they said, EPA does not intend to request specific zoning to meet the response objectives of the site cleanup. And EPA will, re will frame its response actions based on the reasonably anticipated use of any property and without regard to ownership. That caused me to ask this question. Does this mean that EPA might make a non-residential designation for some or all of the 30 or 40 acre block where Brittany Duncan lives. And I was told in no uncertain terms, no. The rod is the rod. They will keep with the residential designation for that 40 acre block where Brittany Duncan lives. Um, that coupled then with the their written statement that they will not they do not intend to request specific zoning changes to meet their response objectives, I think, uh, begins to resolve that issue that prompted everything that blew up on the, the 27th, okay? I then said there is a second issue of concern, and that is essentially this. Residents are asking the town to advise whether the access agreements or consents to access forms that are being circulated should be signed or not. 
And I said, if you look at the public statement of January 27th, you'll see that this is a key issue for the town. That we need to have an access agreement that the town feels comfortable with to advocate to its residents can be signed by its residents. Um, I said <clears throat> to them, you have a problem, EPA, and that problem is this. DEQ had a four-page access agreement when it was coming into town on behalf of EPA and doing work on behalf of EPA. And that four-page access agreement had a variety of terms that are not found in your one-pager. And so I said, I don't know how you want to resolve this, but resolve it we, we need to. Um, to find out how is it, how can we address these issues that the town residents readily agreed to in the DEQ agreement, but are not found in the EPA agreement. They said, well, what are these four? What are these several issues? I said, they are the following. Prompt sharing of all testing results of property samples. Second, prompt restoration of property to pre-existing conditions as nearly as possible. Three, compliance with law, uh, with laws. That means compliance with health and safety and security uh, requirements that apply to these kinds of activities. And fourth, I said, advance notice of entry and communication of your plans when you enter the property. I said, those seem to me to be the four key things that are in the DEQ agreement that are not in the EPA agreement. Um, I suspect that this will be a key issue that is raised, is discussed on the 13th of February if we agree to meet on that date as, as has been proposed. So um, that's the summary of my conversation. They are anxious to... Uh, work with us. Um, I, I will note that Mike Montgomery called you, Mayor, 15 minutes after my, my conversation of last week, where I said I think it would go a very long way, EPA, if Mike Montgomery were to call the mayor. And uh, within 15 minutes, he called you, and it led to another conversation. I advocated today again that we need to have this in-person meeting that has been suggested at the end of the letter um, where they are wanting EPA, DEQ, and town elected leadership to be present where issues can be presented, discussed, and hopefully resolved. And I think I've laid the, the groundwork for what some of those issues might be. The consent agreement in particular um, or excuse me, the access agreement, and um, perhaps how do we address the difference between apology and regret? <laughs> there may there may be others. Okay, now that's the summary of of this morning of this afternoon's call. Um, I'd like to just move on quickly to a, the other couple things that Bill has suggested that I that I address. Um, <coughs> In the January 27th public statement that was issued by the town council, um, it was decided that there would be a suspension of effort to amend the general plan. 
I've already addressed that with you and said, yes, I've told EPA that it's been tabled and, and um, a decision needs to be made as to what to do with that general plan going forward. Uh, secondly, there was a discussion uh, with uh, your January 27th public statement about getting an acceptable form of access agreement. Again, I have addressed that this afternoon with, uh, with EPA. Uh, third, you said in your January 27th public statement that you would want to implement an aggressive public health education program. I would like to, to indicate here that in two weeks' time on February the 20th, uh, due largely to Ashley Preston's um, long development of the relationship and encouragement to get this done, we have the, uh, a special town council meeting uh, contemplated where ADHS, the Arizona Department of Health Services, and Yavapai County Community Health Services will come and make uh, some presentations. One will be a presentation on ADHS's prior public health consultation reports, of which there are three, and a fourth, it may be forthcoming. And secondly, they will come and make a report to you and to those who are gathered here uh, to hear this, this meeting uh, on a can the so-called cancer registry report, which will be an indication of what cancers have been found in the community, okay? Then on March 15th, another that's a Friday evening, uh, another special town council meeting is contemplated where the University of Arizona, uh, or public health experts from the University of Arizona will be in attendance to give an, an overview report of the several public health uh, studies that have been done in the community over a period of years. And both, both of these meetings on February 20 and March 15 will be vitally important for the town council to become aware of the public health issues and to begin to educate the community on what the public health issues are that these public health experts have identified. Fine, um, finally, um, the, the statement of January 27 said that the town would initiate a soil sampling program led by the town. And I'd like to give uh, Steve Spire just a couple of minutes here to discuss with you briefly what that is and what's contemplated so that you're aware of, of what's in the works for that. As we've heard consistently, Jim's report, previous reports, um, previous interactions, e-session <coughs> discussions, the public health, and rightly so, is a critical part of the town's approach to dealing with the Superfund situation. They've taken it upon themselves. That can be applauded, I think. With regard to those issues, I was charged with developing work scopes that identified what we have agreed are the most sensitive areas within the town, starting with the Humboldt Elementary School property, adding to that because of recent developments, Brittany Duncan's property, 
so that we can have a immediate sense of what it is that EPA has been reporting. And in addition to that, we discussed the community library because of the access and the traffic there that involves children and, and students. I can tell you right now, I have a meeting tomorrow with the district super with the district representative for the Humboldt School District. And uh, our conversation will be directed towards a sampling on the Humboldt Elementary School property. Now, when I say that property, we all know that the property really should include and does within my scope of work a broader, more robust set of properties, including parking areas where there's drop-off and pickup, where there are areas of recreation in the immediate vicinity of the school. In, in fact, even the Ed Sand Trail, which is uh, traveled by students to and from school, would be part of my recommended scope of work. In addition to that scope, having to do with soils, uh, surface soils in particular, um, there was discussion of adding a drinking water at each of the portals on the school property. That water I have also included within the scope of work so that we have a clean sense, very clear, of what the quality of water coming into the school is. My recommendation has been, and this will be something that's talked about with Mr. Dahl, is that we sample the raw water that's provided, I believe, by the Humboldt Water Company, as well as the filtered water, so that we have, again, a clear sense of the benefit of the filter, which can be actually a talking point with regard to how regular these filters are changed out into the future. If we can demonstrate a, a gap there, then there's incentive and we actually have numbers that we can put in front of individuals. With regard to the Brittany Dahl property, that's, I'm sorry, Brittany Duncan, um, two Ds confused me from the get-go. Uh, Brittany Duncan property, which is part of the 40-acre square, EPA square, so to speak, um, that has been recognized as um, a problem acreage located directly north and to the northeast of the Iron King mine proper. Uh, her property is situated approximately central and to the northwest of the center of that 40-acre square. Intention is to, in a sense, duplicate EPA's sampling in order to provide us a baseline of data by which Brittany can be informed, advised through the town of the quality and the condition of her property. I'm willing to take any questions. I know that this is a bit of some news and there might be questions. If not, catch me afterwards um, and absolutely. Couple hands from out there, Mr. Mole. Blue Hills, can private citizens show up at this meeting on the thirteenth?
Thank you, Mayor and Council, Citizens of Community, Jason Chisholm, Town of Dewey, Humboldt. This is directed towards the uh, attorney and the town manager. The owner of Humboldt Water Systems is now roped in the middle of this by Dr. Spire's remarks of wanting to test the raw pre-filtered water and the filtered water. Was he asked to attend this meeting tonight? Has anybody bothered to reach out to him? You know, he's been asked, he's been involved with this before. I think it's very important that Ms. Preston and the team reach out to Stuart McLean of Humboldt Water Systems and involve him in this because it's a private utility company that's governed by the Arizona Corporation Commission, the Arizona Department of Economic Quality. Um, I don't know that you can go in and demand testing of his water. Although I'm not, I don't believe he would be opposed to testing of his water. I don't see a reason why he would be opposed to it, but I would strongly encourage, if that's the case, I would encourage that in future meetings about this, being that it is a private utility company, that he be involved in this, he be invited to be involved in this, because clearly in the past when the county had a meeting with him, the mayor wasn't even invited to that. Although the county supervisor said, yes, the mayor Hughes was invited, he was not. So please, if this involves the water here that over 400 of us drink, 400 households in this town drink, I would ask that the owner of the water company who has the statistics, has the test results, changes the filtration out, I would ask that he be involved in this. This is very important, you know, because it is a private utility company, but it's not, it's affecting a very small, about 10% of the population in this town. Thank you. Mrs. Bagwell and then Ms. Collins. Ms. Bagwell, Dewey Humble. I just want an answer to the question because this doesn't make sense to me. Why are we working on residential properties to clean them up when we haven't fixed the problem? If they don't do the two big sites, is it not going to continue to pollute, contaminate, whatever you want to say, other properties and those same properties that they're going to clean up? It seems to me we're putting the cart before the horse. But maybe I'm missing something. Thank you. to know if the letters that were referred to um, that went between EPA and the mayor, if they're subject to public record? Yes. Thank you. I have a couple questions. Well, actually, a couple statements. Um, 
this remediation is basically a hazmat cleanup is what it breaks down to at the core levels. Now, Maricopa County has dust compliance through the DED, Arizona Department of Environmental Quality. Yavapai County does not. So I just want to make this a public statement so that if they do these remediations on private or public lands, they're going to have to have water on it. It's got to be contained. And that means there's got to be dirt monitors out there. Maricopa County has some duff sniffers to see the particulates in the air. We're going to need to make sure I haven't heard anybody mention that before. But if we're doing this up here, you're going to want that. I don't know if you can get a IGA with Maricopa County to bring up a couple of their dust dust cops and have a couple of their meters out here. But that's something we're going to need to look at, even though it's the feds. Because you have by county, we don't have any dust. Uh, dust, blah, blah. Anyways, lost my train of thought. Another thing, too, if you need to rush on the water and stuff, I understand the owner of the water company. But, you know, once that water passes the meter, it's the school. So you can just dip it right out of their water tank before it hits the filter. So you can get your sample immediately like that, too. And then he can concur with his test results. But once it passes the meter, like I said, that's the school's water. It's not his. So thank you. Ashley Preston, doing humble. I just want to follow up with Jason's comment about the water company. He has passed along the phone number to me. I have not had time with everything going on to follow up with him. Um, you know, I've always had issues with, with the water, not necessarily what Stuart is doing to filter the water. We know he has a very good filtration system. It's once it passes through the 100-year-old pipes and what we're getting at the end in the filters. So um, the second, I want to be clear to the public that the idea behind sampling Brittany Duncan's property is, one, EPA has not given us any factual information to what they're concerned about on her property. We want that information for ourselves. Um, so if we do get factual information, we can compare and move on from there. Um, the sampling at the school and the Chevron, not specifically the Chevron property, but the town's easement behind it, you know, has always been a huge concern of mine. Um, I want to let the public know that we did have discussions on what my role in the future looks like moving forward, whether that's on the committee, whether that's on the outside of the committee. Um, and the council as a majority, I think, is on board for that, but we have to have further discussions. So I just want the council to know that we're discussing our options. Anybody else? Okay. Seeing none. Mr. Sims, are you good? I think the direction is, I think Mr. Hamula is giving you an outline of the next steps. Uh, I have a feeling EPA will be contacting you after we do this. I think we need to, one, get the access agreement accomplished. We need to implement the training sessions with the agency. They in Yavapai County. Uh, I do agree with the gentleman who said, I think we can test the water at the site, but you'll have to go get the owners. Uh, um, uh, and that's our, we will report back to you like we do now. Uh, and my goal is to have this all in home. The only reason I wanted a few, I have four items that I can discuss in less than five minutes to get guidance. Because we are negotiating with EPA, and we don't make decisions. You do. We got direction from you. 
uh, and I think Mr. Hemula has correctly characterized the letter as a, as a positive but marginal step. And now we need to, in effect, make sure that their access agreement matches what ADEQ uses. And that will show, you'll show your constituents you're out to protect them. The sampling will show your constituents you're out to look, independently look. And the education process will show that you're trying to get your constituents, in large part because of Ashley, to, to get information. That's all I have to say. Okay, thank you guys. And if you can get down the hill, get down the hill. <laughs> thank you. Yes. yes, sir. Come on up. Okay. Hang on just a minute. We got a citizen going to speak and then I'll holler at you. No problem. My name's Tyler. I'm from Humboldt. I'm just asking the, this gentleman to my left. Or they're at the, the mine. If you look on Google Maps, and I know there's been videos that's gone around on Facebook, if you look at it, there's three different parses, partials where that levee has broke. There's no liner or anything. So that toxic water has been sitting there for over 20 plus years. And now you can see where the levee has broke, and it's going towards where that billboard is off the 69. And someone's built property three uh, buildings right there where the levy has gone through. So how are you, how are we working together with ADQ and uh, EPA at that toxic water that's in that, cause it's all red. I don't know if you've seen the videos or anything on Facebook, but how are we taking care of that with it going to the aquifer? I can pull. I, Do you want I, me to respond? I can pull okay. it up on Google Maps. No, no, no. I've, and I've seen it, okay. so I know exactly what you're what you're speaking of. That area that you're speaking of is included within what um, EPA has referred to as one of their areas of concern. They're familiar with the breach. It has been identified. It is um, identified as an area to be excavated and moved onto. Um, in this case, because of the location, onto Iron King Mine proper. And so there is an intended, as per the feasibility study and the, the ROD, which is really the, 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 the rules of engagement going forward, to clear those areas out and move that contaminated soil that you've described and relieve the impoundment of the contaminated water, move the soil and the rock materials and the residual waste onto Iron King Mine proper. Okay, with the toxic levels and everything, since what about the building that's the three buildings that's right next to it? Because it started in the far west side and now it's came down. It broke one time, I guess, five, six years ago, and now it's down at the bottom where it's almost close to the 69. If you've seen the, the video that's been going around on Facebook, and so now there's no liner and it's going to the aquifer. I can pull it up on Google real fast. No, no, I said, I have seen it, and I know where the location and is. One more thing with the water sampling that this gentleman was talking about, again, is motor mirrors, farms. You're talking about children and everything. We have plenty of children that goes to the farms, too, for the water samples. So is that a concern for partial of the water sample, too? Whenever he pulls it, since you're worried about the school and kids going to the library, is motor mirrors... Can motor mirrors be a part of that to see how far this expansion has gone with everything that's with the smelter and everything? 
Yeah, I want to I want to kind of cut a couple of things apart here. Um, one of them is um, ownership of the property and jurisdiction of the property. In the case of the, all of the properties that I've identified, with the exception of the community library, those are owned publicly or um, are, and orchestrated through public administrations. Brittany Duncan property is a piece of property that has been brought into the limelight specifically, and so that has a slightly different agenda in terms of the sensitivities with regard to children. With regard to the Mortimer property, um, that location, of course, is is not public property, and the uh, access to that um, is not really on the table at this point in time, and not something that's been discussed or considered. But since you brought up the water, I did want to cycle back because this this gentleman was absolutely correct um, in the ownership of the water, and the. Humboldt Water Company as a public utility service answers to ADEQ, Arizona Department of Environmental Quality, through a different unit, and they do so regularly, and their data are, um, are, are scrutinized, assessed, evaluated, and responses are levied accordingly. Okay, um, With regard to the school property, and I think Ashley referred to this, part of that issue has to do with um, a contribution that the pipes might be making. And that particular issue is, um, to, in, in some regards, different from the groundwater contamination issue, which remains on EPA's list, but there's not, at this point in time, a definitive plan on how they're going to address that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Ms. Preston. Things that I know about the groundwater issue. I know that at the March meeting last year, when EPA attended um, at the school, they made the public comment that they had not sampled groundwater yet. They were going to wait till after the cleanup to do that. That outraged the community, and anyone with a little bit of common sense went, "What?" Like. We know that there's been groundwater sampling. We know that for whatever reason, EPA has pushed that to the back burner. It's, it's a huge concern. It's something that I personally and am digging into at the time. As far as Mortimer's property, I don't know specifically about their water testing. I'm sure they can speak more to that. Um, there was a period of time where Brian Beck offered free sampling within the community. Some of you took part of that. The Mortimers were actually part of that. And he took samples throughout the field and everything else. And their land in the farm is um, probably cleaner than any other spot in the area. Um, as far as, there was something else I was going to say and I just lost it. I think that was the main issue, the, the groundwater, um, the sampling behind the school, and, and the pipes. And I think we're making good progress here. Um, we just need the community, community support. I see new faces out here tonight, people being involved. Um, we all need to support Brittany in this, and we all need to be talking to our neighbors. This is a huge issue, and we need to get it taken care of. All right, Jeremiah. Yeah, I, I just wanted to uh, um, decide who's attending the 
meeting tonight, on the 13th. We'll let Mr. Field discuss that with us. Okay, because if, if I just have a, it's a, not on the a recommendation. Okay. Um, it's not on the agenda, so um, just give your recommendation to Mr. Field, and he'll contact us all. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Yep. Okay. Yes, that's correct. If I miss something, I'm sorry. Um, I talk to people. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody has any clue even what the Superfund site is. We have to educate the people around us in some way. I know there was talk about public meetings. I don't know how long we're going to wait to start those. Um, but we got to educate the people that live here because they don't know. And they need to know. Preston, and just uh, EPA is in the works of sending out information to all the citizens in the town in the next few weeks. They were in the process of doing that. And so conversation is we should be getting an EPA letter in the mail and then it'll also be posted in our newsletter and on the website too but yes I agree everybody should know about what's going hopefully on hopefully it will make it clear yes. what is going on and not be a bunch of mumbo-jumbo don't expect EPA to make anything clear on here they're only sharing the little bit of information they want to the updating and informing the public has been the number one topic of conversation within the team for a long time. Um, it, we have plans to hold community meetings outside of this where we're open to the community to come and ask questions, to do poster boards, uh, to narrow that down. Our plan originally was to try to have one of these meetings before the February 20th meeting. And I'll be honest, it, it's my main concern. It's the one thing I brought up repeatedly is we have to educate our council and we have to educate the public and how do we do that? At the same time I'm asking that question, that responsibility was ultimately falling on me. And it overwhelmed me. I, I will be completely honest, it overwhelmed me because I am one person. How do I stand in a meeting and talk to every one individual person in there? How do I man every board and explain where we're at? We know that we pay these guys a lot of money. And that was my frustration as they kept pushing for an early February community meeting. I'm going, I don't know that I'm ready for that. So I will say this to the community, if, like I said in my statement, if you are able to learn and you have the time, then come to me and offer that up and say, hey, I can man a board. I don't understand the whole picture. Give me a topic and I will study that and I will know the information. And if I don't have the answer, I'll write it down and send it to the team. That's what we need. Ms. Uh, Ms. Preston, we're, there are also three different um, studies done, and we are supposed to be scheduling those for public uh, as well. Um, have we done that yet? U of A has confirmed that they're available March 15th. That would have to be a special meeting that was called. I don't know if the steps have been taken on the town's part to Mr. Field. initiate that. 
Yes. Mr. Yeah, Hamula just got yeah, them talking about told that. Us about that. Well, that's, but people are not getting that. So those are things that will be available to educate you. Yes. Mr. Mayor, that's exactly why one of the four elements that was in the, in the 27th <laughs> statement was exactly that point. Public outreach, and that's what Jim briefed you on. Be it, yeah, by county, ADHS, and you have a meeting schedule. Now, we do need to think through, should they be formally, formal council meetings in which you have to have agendas and minutes, or can we just have a social, you'll give a notice that the four of you, many of you will be there, but you won't be, you won't be discussing town business. So we have to ask you what you would prefer. Those meetings, when is the first meeting, Jim? February 20th. So the meetings are scheduled. We need to check with you about how you would like to participate. Okay. All right. Yes, Ms. Rogers. Um, the water testing was mentioned a minute ago, and in our current newsletter, there is an announcement. It's only 80, but there's going to be, the town's going to pay for some 80 water testing, and it's going to be first come, first serve, you know, to collect the, the kit to take care of it. More, apparently more information will be in next month because it doesn't happen until March. But 80. <laughs> Out of how many families do we have? Yes, Mr. Spire. I just wanted to address that. I, I understand. It, wish it were more. Wish it were triple that because of the private wells, the number of private wells. Given that there are 80, and imagining that those 80 are going to go and people are going to pick those up, um, the distribution of those in terms of the results um, can be extremely informative. It's 80 pieces of data from a very limited period of time collected from virtually the same groundwater that's being used in private wells. Those data, and if it's the town that's offering those up, um, and, and uh, this is for folks other than me to decide, but it would be very helpful as I evaluate the groundwater conditions in the vicinity of the town um, to have access to those data without necessarily having knowledge of whose well it is. Okay. All right. One last thing, and it's, we did talk about it in the in the e-session as something that... Let's not talk about that, please. I can't go tomorrow and, and um, firm up a sampling plan unless there's an access agreement. We're working on that. We'll get it done. All right. Thank you, guys. Since the weather's getting bad, let's uh, let you guys go, and we're going to move back up to item A. Mr. Lars, thank you so much for being here. All right. for you guys. Good evening, Mayor and Council. Uh, this agenda item is to review the mid-year budget report that I've prepared. Um, there's a memo explaining it in the Council packet as well as some detailed schedules. <clears throat> I put together a PowerPoint just to cover the schedules in a visual fashion so we can go through the numbers real quick. Um, 
This covers expenditures from July of last year through December, so that's half of the fiscal year 2024. The first slide here is the general fund revenue. Um, local taxes are coming in as, as estimated at 51%. Um, franchise fees are showing low because we're missing one quarter payment still. There's always a, tends to be a little delay on when we receive those. Uh, our, you can see our miscellaneous and interest revenue is, is much more than expected because of our um, investments at the local government investment pool at the state treasurer's office is Interest earnings have gone up with the federal funds reserve rate also going up. So uh, we're getting around 5.3% interest right now on, on the funds with the state treasurer. This uh, next schedule just gives you uh, an idea of, of what is the percent of the total received for each of these categories. You can see local taxes is the 37%. State share revenue at 48%. Those are by far the largest category. Nothing new here, just to reinforce the, that. Now, um, I've done a study of the tax taxable activity categories that I can present to the council and the public. A lot of these categories are, are combined into the other because of the number of businesses, but these can help you get an idea of um, where the local tax revenue comes from. Retail sales by far is the largest. Um, and you can see the percent change on the far right from this time last year. So uh, the bottom line is our revenues are sort of leveling out in this, cat in this transaction privilege tax category. We saw pretty healthy growth um, in previous years at around 15 to 20%. Now we're we can see economic activity is slowing down to uh, to a baseline of about similar to last year this time. That coupled with inflation, you can uh, activity is actually slightly declining. However, if you look at the line above, if you take out construction, we're still seeing a five percent increase. Next slide, please. And this is the uh, percent of total. Of the categories, retail sales, 54%. And the next one is online sales. So residents in the town, when they're purchasing items online, those marketplaces are required to collect and remit taxes to the Department of Revenue for the town. So those, those do support the town services when we're buying online. All right, so here's the expenditures for the general fund. The... Um, all the departments you can see are doing well with their budget. The legal department uh, with the work that's being done we just heard about is, is over budget, so that will be requiring a council amendment to take care of that. Uh, we'll bring that forward closer to the end of the fiscal year when we see what we'll be needing there. Also, the engineering section includes the technical work that's being done at the Super fun site. Overall, we're spent 45% year to date through December, and the operations are positive 830,000. So it's uh, extremely healthy for the town. We are categorizing a portion of the income tax received as one time 
revenue um, that is here under the other one-time sources. If you take that into consideration, your net change in fund balance is about a million dollars has been added to, to the general fund um, in the first half of the year. The ending fund balance of December 31st is 11725368 Any questions on the general fund? Uh, the town does have a HERF fund or streets fund. The revenue source is the highway user revenue fund from the state that covers or is, is to be used only on streets. We have so far used 69000 on maintenance, no capital expenditures yet. Um, so that fund sits at $578,512 in December. The grant fund is tracking the American Rescue Plan Act funds. This would be the last year that we're utilizing those. And um, they're being used to pay the Yavapai County Sheriff's Office contract. And last, the Capital Improvement Fund, we had a budget there for some facility. Um, uh, can you move next slide, please? Capital Fund had a million and a half in there for some facility improvements or purchases. And so far, nothing's been spent. Lastly, I wanted to cover... Uh, this kind of kicks off the budget cycle. First, I wanted to review where we're sitting with finances. And then the, on the staff level, we'll be preparing a budget proposal to council. So I wanted to get an idea of what that looks like on the timeline. You see in February, staff's going to get busy on putting together some work, some budgets, and also into March. And then we'll come back to you in, in April with a, first a study session with council to review and then public and uh, council can provide input. Um, we'll then prepare documents to council with a, with a tentative budget that can be voted on. Um, first, we'll have a potential meeting there if you want to vote on certain items to include or not include. We'll adopt the tentative budget and then final in, in beginning of June. I went through that pretty quickly. I know you've had a long meeting, so I'm available for any questions that you might have. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Moving on to item B. Discuss possible action on the first hearing on the amended ordinance 24-203 amending town code 30.031 mayor and vice mayor appointment power and duties. Mr. Phil. Yes, mayor and council. <clears throat> this is the, uh, the change in the ordinance dealing with uh, selecting a vice mayor. And uh, uh, as you know, uh, we had an issue coming up this last time uh, on what to do if uh, two or more council members satisfy the criteria and, um, and would be eligible to be vice mayor. And uh, the, uh, what it basically does is it has the vice mayor shall be selected from the council members who satisfy the criteria 
of this subsection E by a majority vote or council members attending a duly called meeting of the council. So in effect, it's just a majority vote can vote by who's vice mayor if you have more than one that's eligible. I think that it just goes to the second reading. This is the first reading. All right. Any questions? All right. Seeing none, we'll move on to item C. 9C. Okay. Discussion possible action to transfer 20000 within the Community Development and Library Fund into the line item 10 465 entitled Community Outreach to purchase miscellaneous items to include but not be exclusive of two canopy pole tents, 20 by 40s, four pop up tents. 10 by 20s, chairs, 100 of them, barbecues, and sundries, etc., for the use by both the food bank and for the community events put on by the Citizens Event Committee and any remain, remainder of the funds in the line item will be available for other events and purchases. Um, what I uh, did is I went to um, finance through Lars and I asked him uh, about available funds. And within the community uh, development library fund, we have uh, excess funds that were created from uh, or, or that result from uh, what was in community development. Uh, it was being paid for a contract person, um, as well as other funds. It still leaves, uh, by transferring $20,000, it should safely uh, allow us to uh, buy these items that are listed uh, for to be used for both the Citizens Events Committee events and the food bank, um, as well as leave money left over in case we need that money for other services uh, within the community development department um, so uh, if you see the attachment and um, like to thank uh, councilman Barron for his assistance and pulling up the uh, the bids that were received uh, you'll see that uh, should should cover those amounts um, that are to purchase those items, as well as it will uh, have a remainder used towards any other events that may occur. Now, realize uh, last year we had the Fourth of July. Uh, I don't know where uh, the date it's going to fall uh, this year coming up. Right on it's on the list right there. there. Oh, is it? Okay, there you go. Uh, so it's still within our. Uh, will be within this current fiscal uh, year. year. And so that uh, any uh, remainder would also be available for use for that as well. Um, so the, uh, you'll see that uh, if you look back at the finance end, you'll see that there is 
excess funds that can be used in order to get this done. These items here are uh, a, a uh, initial investment into buying uh, intense pop-ups, things that can be used for each and every one of these events, as well as uh, if the food bank is having uh, uh, a um, their events, uh, we'll have them available. They'll be available for whatever uh, needs uh, that the town may have. Um, so uh, that's what's presented before you. Recommendation is to transfer the funds uh, in order to allow the purchases to move ahead. Yes, Mr. Barron. Fund these type of projects, but 
we also are in the sense that we do need uh, help from the town um, as, as these are benefiting the town and the community um, to have just great interactions and relations with the community uh, that we can see in, in this last week uh, we absolutely need. We, we need community involvement, community gatherings, and we need to bring this community together uh, at, at any cost um, and make us strive to be the best area in the Quad Cities. So um, I, I would hope that uh, we have a positive response from this and, and, and everybody that has attended uh, these events, um, I hope you spread the word and you continuously keep coming and supporting the events um, that are, are going to be regularly coming. So thank you. Mr. Yes, Mr. Nolan. Yeah, I'm making a motion we go ahead and approve this nice. for this committee. Okay. I'll second that motion. Thank you, Terry. Ms. Rogers. Um, I, I think this is a great idea. This, this investment is certainly worthwhile um, and, and can be used for years and so on. But I, you know, most of you probably know also near and dear to my heart is the library. And I, I would like clarification on how come there was suddenly a bunch of money available. Is the library going to lose out on anything or? No, know? this this actually comes from a position that uh, was being paid contract services and uh, we have not filled that position. Library? No. It was designated no, for no, the library? It, no, no, the town. community development. Okay, so the library is not really losing anything. No, no, okay, not at all. Good. <laughs> I'm good, and I would have made the motion Money. too. Money? Actually, we're going to have an auction of all the books. <laughs> Mr. Finn? Oh, I was just going to clarify that it was the money was coming from a position, not from the library. Well, you kind of had mentioned that, but it was to my ear, yeah. it was kind of skimmed over. I just want to clarify because, you know, the library is important. Okay. All right. Anybody in the audience have good? Okay. Mr. Chisholm. Thank you, Mayor, Council, Jason Chisholm, Time to be humble. Who is the said chairman of this committee? Can I ask that? I am. Jeremiah. So if Jeremiah is, he can, and he seconded the motion. Mr. Finn beat him to it. So okay. It. I just want clarification okay. on that because we exempt Terry Nolan from Superfund issues. So I just want to make sure that that's not. That's a different conflict of interest. Ms. Okay. Clough. Lee Clef, Dewey Humble. I just want to thank you and appreciate this. I'll talk louder. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremiah. Um, I just want to thank all of you and appreciate this and tell you that the outpouring of the people contacting me and what I have seen on Facebook, and they are so ecstatic to the point of not just people wanting to come and have a booth to sell things, but people wanting to come to educate people on farming and seeds, growing gardens and health. And 
all kinds of stuff. And I am just really excited that the community <clears throat> is excited and that it's bringing us together. So I want to thank the council for considering this. Thank you very much. Hey, Jeremiah. A little birdie told me that uh, April 20th is not the date. Is that the date? I apologize. Thanks for the correction. It's April 13th. Okay. We had a change at last minute, so anything in the newsletter is incorrect at this point in time, but it is April 13th, so okay. thanks for that correction. Okay. So just clarify everybody out there that's watching on Granite Switch. It's not April 20th. It is April 13th for the Dewey Humboldt dates. Thank you. All right. Anybody else? Seeing none? Roll call vote this morning. Oh. Motion made by Mr. Nolan, seconded by Mr. Finn. Uh, roll call vote. Councilmember Matthew Finn. Yes. Denise Rogers. Yes. Terry Nolan. Yes. Amy Lance. Yes. Uh, Vice Mayor Jeremiah Barron. Yes. And Mayor John Hughes. Yes. John, can I can I real quick? Yes. Okay, I, ju I just want to thank everybody um, from the bottom of all of our hearts at the committee um, to approve this, and we greatly appreciate it, and we won't let you all down. So thank you, for thank you again. Thank you for what you're doing. All right, moving on to item 9D, discussion possible action to purchase a shipping container not to exceed $4,000 to be placed at 12938 East Main Street, Owned by the town for storage to the used for storage to be used for items used by the food bank and citizens event committee. Mr. Phil. Yes, uh, Mayor and Council. Um, this probably should have been before the first one, but now you kind of <laughs> stuck on this one. Um, since you have agreed, you wrote it. <laughs> the guy that ordered Come on, it. I've been preaching well, it for a while now. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of playing dumb yeah, on this one, are. not playing too yeah. good, but. Anyway, uh, now that you have uh, voted to buy that, we need a place to put it. And, uh, <laughs> and we've talked about this beforehand. And um, I did uh, talk to uh, Robert Davis. And what we can do is, uh, since it is a town-owned parcel, we can place this, uh, this container uh, on the parcel that we have. The $4,000 not to exceed is talking about the purchase price because there's still delivery and taxes that will be on it. But I'm sure we can get in for $4,000 around there. Um, the, uh, but again, it's uh, something that uh, we could uh, put on the Main Street property. Uh, Jay Petty, the public works supervisor, did ask if he can... Um, Have one, uh, too. What's that? Have one, too. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he said nice 40 quarter would be nice. No, but um, if he could also be involved of where it's placed because of the dump days yeah. and where we put okay. the uh, containers when they come in. Rogers. So is this a 20 or a 40? Do you have bids already? 20. 20? Oh, it is a 40? Yeah. For four grand? Good. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Here we go. Okay, good. Okay, Mr. Finn. Yeah, I'd like to uh, make a motion to proceed with 9D as it states. Okay. I second that. Okay. Miss Beckham? Second that, but I don't want somebody to complain. beat you. Miss Rogers beat you. <laughs> She's only 42. Oh, okay. Chris, you're 
Christy Bagwell, Dewey Humboldt. So based on the estimates that are in our packets, you're talking 14 to 16,000 in equipment that you're interested in getting, and now you're going to spend $4,000 for a container, but you only got allowed 20,000. Do we have a problem? No, that's over and above. It's a separate item. Separate item. They Different. put that one on 10-465-6950. That's stuff. where you did that. Thank you. Okay. Anybody else? Right. Mr. Mullet. Tom Mullet, Blue Hills. What you got to remember is these things always come in a dark color. So you're going to have to paint this thing with a light color and put some kind of ventilation in it. Otherwise, you're going to get mold growing in it. So just something to think about. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to uh, let Mr. Field um, figure that one out with whatever the container gets here. And possibly they might have one already a light color with the deliver with the guy because a lot of those come other colors and they paint them all tan now, pink light or dark gray. So hopefully we can get the right one. Um, any discussion on? Go ahead, Miss Rogers. So, um, flashed through my mind we could have a a contest or something of kids or grown-ups that will. Give us a mural on our 40 foot by however tall they are, 10 or something. That's um, just the, just an the idea. neighborly thing would be to <laughs> confer with the neighbors uh, before that happens. That would be the neighborly thing. Okay. Um, no, any more discussion on the, any more discussion on the vote? Okay. Seeing none. Ms. Varney, roll call vote, please. Councilmember Matthew Fenn. Yes. Denise Rogers. Yes. Terry Nolan. Yes. Amy Lamps. Yes. Uh, Vice Mayor <coughs> Jeremiah Barron. Yes. And Mayor John Hughes. Yes. Thank you, everybody, again. We extremely appreciate it. Okay, 9E, discussing possible action to install water line across Main Street to the town property at 12938 East Main Street and meter the site to provide access to water for food bank activities, dump days, and not to exceed $5,000. Mr. Phil. Uh, yes, Mayor and Council, I, I kind of forgot a couple other activities that occur there. There's the Agua Fria uh, Festival and... Uh, the Dewey Days that's coming up as well. And what's that? Dewey Humboldt. Dewey, Dewey Humboldt. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. How's that? Anyway, um, what uh, what this will do is this will help install across the main main street a water line that uh, uh, would also allow us to have a meter. Will be a two inch line is what we're expecting will come across. Um, it will have a two-inch two-inch line. We'll have a meter. Uh, it will be able to, to also do the meter for the water uh, meter next to us for the property that's next to us being developed right now. Um, uh, it uh, will have a uh, a yard hydrant uh, like we have 
uh, over at the park. Um, it's to bring water there. Uh, we'll have to figure out once it's there what we want to do uh, and hook up to it, such as a cleaning station or uh, what have you. But it will allow, allow the water to, to be present and there's times that it would um, be helpful uh, during these events that, uh, that, you know, if we have a spill, if we have dust um, and we just want to water it down, we can do it right there. So uh, again, this is uh, an item uh, we, uh, again, uh, Councilman uh, Barrett has contacted Humboldt Water to find where the hookups would be um, and roughly how much it would be. Um, it, it is, uh, it's something that uh, we could do with forced account labor as well. Um, uh, and uh, we've even had someone uh, volunteer to do the work um, who, whose initials are uh, JB um, that has offered to do the work but again it's something that we want to make sure that um, uh, when it's done that it, uh, we have properly uh, patched because we're going to be chip sealing that whole area there uh, in uh, summer early summer Okay. Um, I I had a couple people contact me, and it's probably going to come up in comment, probably in the future. But uh, yeah, forced account labor would take care of things and go over five thousand dollars. Volunteering would help keep that net budget, and compaction uh, within that project to make sure that everything's right for the, the pavement is very important. With that said, I'd move to approve installation of a waterline extension across Main Street to the town's parcel located at 12938 East Main Street, Humboldt, not to exceed $5,000. Alright. Second it. Okay. There's a motion been made by Mr. Finn. Second by Mr. Barron. No. Because no. No, it's Mr. Oh, Nolan that seconded it. Sorry. 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 Mr. Nolan. Yeah. Alright. Mr. Rogers. Um, I, I think I've, that I heard you say that part of the work would be to plumb over to the neighbor's house yeah. and put a meter yeah. there well, are we paying for that yeah, that's not that that won't be us that puts the meter on but what happens is it's a line extension and eventually you will get back as people hook on you'll get back a percentage of what the cost would be for installing that yeah. so can, can 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 i just touch on that yes so this is don't quote me on the record. This is a hypothetical. So there's an initial cost of X amount of dollars, um, which is which is below that $5,000. The $5,000 includes patching of the asphalt um, and, and paying uh, the water company for their services. It does not include the individual who is volunteered to dig. Again, it does not include any dollar amount for the individual to dig the mine or to backfill it. Uh, it's a joint venture between that party and the town. But what will happen, from my understanding, is the cost of the initial line extension itself from the Humboldt Water Company, the cost could be cut in half. Um, and then over the course of 10 years, there's also a 
10% uh, payback to the town from the water company. Um, so it, it, there is some advantages, uh, and, and we're not completely incurring the cost. Uh, the only reason the neighboring property comes up is because they're almost uh, in in the needs of it as well. But it'll it'll extremely help uh, uh, cut the cost of the town and and make the initial cost of it uh, significantly less. So that, that's from what I gathered from my research. Uh, so. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Bear. Any other questions? Yes, Mr. Nod. Robert Nod, Dewey Humble. Um, isn't this property like one of the possibilities where it might be need remediation? Where we're talking? Because if so, this is a no. It's not okay. Well, I'm just no. It's, it's, it's not. It's it's. But it has been tested, and the appropriate actions have been taken in order to uh, cover um, the areas of concern. Oh, okay. That just stole my thunder because I was going to say it's a done deal then, health reasons. You know, dust, and we're helping out our community. We're supposed to be community-oriented. You're helping out the community. I don't see why this is even up for, for question. It should just be a done deal. Thank you. Miss Varney, there's a motion made by Mr. Barron. Mr. Finn, sorry, Mr. Finn. Seconded by Mr. Nolan. And uh, would you do a roll call vote, please? Councilmember Matthew Finn. Yes. Denise Rogers. Yes. Terry Nolan. Yes. Amy Lance. Yes. Uh, Vice Mayor Jeremiah Barron. Yes. And Mayor John Hughes. Yes. Thank you, Miss Varney. All right. Now we're moving on to item 10. Consider any possible action on additional special sessions, town meetings. There are none listed, so we will move on to item 11, which is to adjourn. We were going to adjourn this meeting at... Nine, 17, 18, we'll go 18. Please stay dry and stay warm. <laughs>